0: Hi there, and welcome back to Unknown Friends. I am Rachelle Ferguson from Kitty Wham Productions, and this is my book review podcast. This is episode two of Unknown Friends, in which we will be discussing Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. And today I am so excited to have with me as a guest on the show, my sister Leray, who is a classics graduate student at the University of Oxford. Hey Lorrae, welcome. Hey there. It is so cool to have you here today, even though we're literally thousands of miles apart, you are uh, currently across the pond in the United Kingdom. So what's the quarantine like over there?
1: Uh, yeah, it's no joke. I, I mean, okay, I can't really complain that much. But, um, yeah, it's been a quiet few weeks. It's been fun to try and, like, plan meals for two weeks at a time and then manage to get enough groceries without a car or any other sort of transportation other than my two legs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of a challenge. So do you get out for your daily walk?
1: Oh yes, every day. And it has been surprisingly sunny. Everyone says England is so rainy, but actually it's not that bad. The sun comes out fairly regularly.
0: Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. A little sunshine certainly helps the isolation situation. So today's episode is about little women, as you well know. I remember that you, LeRae, were a huge Louisa May Alcott fan from the time you were, I don't know, for as long as I can remember. Is that right?
1: (laughs) Yes, pretty much. I remember writing a research paper on Louisa May Alcott's life in fifth grade, I think. Oh, yes. By that time, I had already reread it a couple times, I think.
0: Yes, I actually found that research project in the attic. (laughs) Oh, no. It's so cute. Yeah. Do you so do you remember any of the research you did back then? Do you want to give us some context for the book? Oh,
1: (laughs) I mean, I'd be happy to. Thanks. Um, I have brushed up on some of my Alcott family facts. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Louisa May Alcott was born to Amos Bronson Alcott and his wife Abigail on November 29th, 1832. Her father, Bronson, was a transcendentalist philosopher and a quite progressive school teacher for his time. Mm. So, Louisa had three sisters, whom she later would model the characters in Little Women after. In the years leading up to the Civil War, the Alcott family helped runaway slaves on the Underground Railroad. And then during the Civil War, Louisa worked as an army nurse in Washington, D.C. She wrote a memoir from that time, which she called Hospital Sketches. And that was actually her first moderate success as a writer. Throughout the 1860s, she wrote a number of novels, which did not particularly take off. But then Little Women was a huge success. She published it in two parts in 1868 and 69. The sequels Little Men and then Joe's Boys followed in 1871 and 1886, respectively.
0: Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So what do you think made Little Women such a success in contrast to her previous works?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I think the biggest difference with Little Women was that she was writing for children. Yes,
0: she really seemed to find her niche there with her later books, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Her previous works had been rather racy, passionate novels for adults. But her publishers had been urging her to write a book for children, specifically for girls. And although she was very hesitant, she eventually agreed to. And from then on, she wrote exclusively for children for the rest of her writing career.
0: Well, her books certainly appealed to you as a young girl. I just remember when we were kids, you reading and rereading Little Women and her other novels. I remember uh, An Old-Fashioned Girl, Eight Cousins. So what do you think at that time attracted you so much to her characters and
1: their stories? Yeah, I think I really identified with many of her young heroines at the time. Most of her stories are coming-of-age narratives, with her main characters just on the cusp of young womanhood, and they're exploring what it means to grow up and define one's place as a more autonomous actor within a family, and then by extension within society. Her books are very honest and sympathetic about the struggles of growing up, and I think a lot of the lessons her characters learn are really quite timeless, despite their charming Victorian setting. Absolutely.
0: They they are timeless. And I think that's why they're still relevant today. It's so interesting to me and kind of crazy just how many film versions have been made of Little Women. Right. And I guess partially because of that fact, I kind of have this assumption that the story is so popular that everyone just knows what it's about, but I, I realize that's not necessarily the case. Mm. So very briefly, the book is essentially, like you said, a coming of age story, which follows four sisters, the March sisters, living in the mid 19th century in Massachusetts over a period of about 10 years as they grow up from adolescence to early adulthood. And like you also mentioned, those four sisters are more or less modeled on Louisa May Alcott herself and her three sisters. So the reader gets to share in the four girls' lives as they grow and experience various adventures, you could say. Though the whole book really has a home-like domestic feel to it, an air of simplicity And just a focus on family and everyday life. So their adventures are just things like making friends with their neighbors and learning new skills and dealing with laziness and jealousy and just all those little conflicts that happen in day-to-day life. And Alcott is intent on teaching through the girls' experiences. So you get to watch them develop really beautifully as they mature and gradually learn how to love each other, and they come to find their place in life.
1: So maybe I should just give a quick summary description of the four main characters. Yes, perfect. That'd be great. So the eldest daughter is Meg, and she struggles primarily with vanity and the desire to be fashionable. When she grows up though, she makes the decision to marry for love rather than money, and she gradually learns the value in simplicity and chooses to prioritize caring for her husband and children over anything else. Her sister Jo, who's more or less Louisa May Alcott in disguise, is a bit more fiery, and as a girl she really struggles with anger. With time though, She learns to overcome it, though she never completely outgrows her impulsiveness. But Jo truly does discover the power of loving others and accepting their criticism, and quieting her heart even when she doesn't feel like it. Then you have Beth and Amy, the youngest two sisters. They each have their special gifts and trials as well. Beth is a musician, Amy an artist, and when they're young... Beth tends to avoid attention a bit too much, while Amy seeks it with gusto. They also blossom into adulthood and both become compassionate, steady, joyful young women in their unique ways.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's, that's really helpful. What I love, too, is that with Alcott giving each character her own unique personality, and strengths and struggles, the plot is so balanced in the way it follows each girl as she finds her purpose in life. Often in the film versions, and I think just in the popular perception of the story, Jo takes the limelight and it's too easy to forget the other three. But in the book, Alcott features all of them in different ways and shows the beauty in each girl's individual story. And so what we end up with is four characters that are different enough, I think pretty much any girl reading the book can really connect with at least one of them. Absolutely. You, Leray, as I remember, felt a connection, especially with Meg as a girl, right? Yes, I did.
1: I think I really appreciated the responsibility Meg feels of being the older sister in the family. My dream was to grow up to be a mother and wife like she does. And I think even though I didn't realize it so much at the time, I also felt very deeply the struggle that she faces in never quite fitting in with the group of friends whose opinion she values sometimes too highly. You know... When you first mentioned that you were going to do this podcast episode on Little Women, I was trying to think back on the scenes that have most stuck with me from reading it all those years ago. And funnily enough, the first one that always comes to mind is not a very well-known one, but it's a scene from the second part of the book when Meg and John have been married for about a year or so. On an impulse, Meg spends a lot of their savings on material for a new dress. But then she realizes what she's done. She comes to John to tell him and to apologize. But in her apology, she just lets a few careless words slip. She tells him she's tired of being poor and instantly he's just crushed. And I remember reading that scene for the first time and thinking how horrible that would be how easy it is to hurt someone we love without any intention of doing so, but with just a single careless word or two. And I prayed right then and there that God would help me Mm -hmm. never to fall into a similar mistake. I still think of that scene pretty regularly, and it's been a really helpful reminder of the importance of setting a guard over our lips, especially when we're speaking to the people we love most, And whose feelings we often forget to consider in the same way as we would as strangers.
0: Yeah, that is so true. And I love, that's so beautiful. What a positive impact Meg had on you and that scene in particular. And how that stuck with you since you were a little girl. That's really cool. I remember I identified especially with Joe. I think probably much more than I even realized at the time. I did tend to be a tomboy, like Joe is, and I I had this image that being a girly girl was silly, and I, I suppose that image might have been strengthened by reading about Joe's tomboyishness, although by today's standards, she's really quite a lady. Um, <laughs> it's true. Anyway, but Joe, Joe also loves to write and eventually becomes an author, and... Of course, I loved to write and I am now an author. It's funny how how art and life can be interconnected that way sometimes. But but yeah, I think I felt a rapport with Jo on account of her writing. And I just thought it was so cool how she would write these dramatic adventure stories and plays for her and her sisters to act out.
1: Yes, yes. And then we thought that was such a great idea. We decided to try it as well. Do you remember?
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. Our poor parents were subjected to many uh, plays. We wrote and performed in our basement. I remember writing those scripts together and we cast our dolls and teddy bears as all the extras. And then, of course, we made
1: tickets to sell to mom and dad had to be official Yes, and then we also decided to imitate the March Sisters Pickwick Society, and we created our own newspaper. Yes. Did you say you found that the other day?
0: Yes, I did, indeed. I actually have it right here with me. Uh, The Pickwick Portfolio, it's on a big scroll of craft paper. We have articles and illustrations glued all over it. We have a story called The Paralyzed Princess.
1: Can you read some of the portfolio to me?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, let's see. I think that advertisements are probably our best literary work here. We have to start us off. If Mr. W. Pickwick would wear her tie to the Pickwick Society meetings she would be more highly respected in the mind of Tupman Snodgrass.
1: Wow, quite a
0: slam. And then there's, if Mr. T.S. wouldn't talk so much while getting ready for bed, she would not take so long getting done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. Were you (laughs) Mr. T.S.?
0: Yes, yes, I think so. I was, yeah, I was Snodgrass and you were Pickwick. (laughs) amazing yes you know it's funny looking back I really had no idea at the time how much we were being influenced by little women just how much we were mimicking what the girls did in the book but now I do realize that Louisa May Alcott had a much bigger impact on our childhood than I ever gave her credit for that's a good point And now, too, having reread the book as an adult, I can see and appreciate much more clearly the maturing process and the adult versions of the four sisters. So as a kid, I connected with their younger selves. But rereading it this year, I strongly sympathized with the growing pains Of their late teens and early 20s and just all the tough transitions that happen during that time as they each try to figure out what life is going to hold for them that really strikes a chord with me now and i realize just how insightful alcott was at times Mm -hmm. and i appreciate too her worldview that informs her portrayal of the girl's struggles while I don't know that you can call her a Christian per se. At least she was very influenced by transcendental ideas. Nevertheless, her underlying assumption throughout the book is that the answers to life's questions are found in God and His Word. And at least in what I've seen or heard about the modern film versions of the book, that foundation of God and the Bible isn't adequately communicated, by and large.
1: Yeah, I think that's often true. Even if you just read the book's table of contents, the first thing that stands out is that the chapters are all named after episodes from Pilgrim's Progress. So each of the March sisters receives the book as a Christmas present at the very beginning of Little Women. And many of their respective struggles are modeled on the trials and temptations that the Pilgrim faces in Bunyan's work. Yeah,
0: exactly. That analogy
1: Alcott draws to Pilgrim's
0: progress, and then just the day-to-day advice that Marmee gives to the girls when they come to her with questions and problems, that all speaks of a worldview that acknowledges God and fundamentally relies on him for strength and guidance through life's challenges Mm -hmm. that is central to louisa may alcott's book and to the lessons she's trying to teach the lives she's portraying and so if you take that out you do essentially change the story
1: um i would like to offer a note of caution though i don't think it's right to go so far as to say that little women is a christian story Jesus Christ is only mentioned once in the entire book, Mm. and that's only when Amy happens to be contemplating a picture of the Madonna and child. And for all the emphasis on moral progress and character development, a lot of that growth is very self-driven, and there's not a lot of motivation offered outside of the general desire to be good people. Yes, good point. That's, that's
0: helpful and definitely good to keep in mind. Honestly, I think it's a tendency of the 19th century novel, or at least early to mid-19th century, to think more highly of human nature than it deserves. <laughs> yeah. With movements like transcendentalism, there is this pervasive overestimate of how good we are by nature which does not quite align with reality, right? (laughs) I'm, I'm generalizing here, of course, but I'm just saying these writers tend to be pretty optimistic about the human condition and the possibilities of self-improvement. And they often communicate the idea that we humans have this innate sense of fellow feeling and a, a natural responsiveness to goodness or something. And I mean, I do appreciate that perspective in one sense because these writers encourage us and they affirm that there is good in the world. And yes, we humans do have great potential and can overcome enormous obstacles, even in our own souls. But that said, the way is still narrow and few there be that find it. And these writers are often don't acknowledge that side of human nature, the fact that we are born willful and we will not naturally become good people, not in the in the real eternal sense of the word good. It's trust in Christ and him residing in us that can make us good and nothing else. Right. So, of course that was a, a very broad generalization of 19th century novelists, but it's just a tendency I see. And granted, Little Women is a children's book. It's not really the place to try to fathom the depravity of the human race. <laughs> uh, what it is trying to do, it does well. It promotes virtue through an interesting, sympathetic, and realistic story about four sisters growing up together. <laughs> So overall, yes, even though we wouldn't define it as a Christian book, I would still recommend it for all ages, I think. It's not perfect, but it certainly encourages good things. Care for others, diligence, even in mundane tasks, patience and contentment, creativity, compassion. These are the kinds of things the book presents as admirable and worthy of imitation. Oh, or let me quote Luray from your fifth grade research project. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, In your conclusion, I noticed that you listed here four specific things that we can learn from Louisa May Alcott. So here they are in the words of a 10 year old, the four things we can learn. We should always try. We should support our parents. We should help others and we should have a loving heart. I think that sums it up pretty well. (laughs) Thanks. So I think that about wraps up our discussion of Little Women this week. Thanks again, Leray, for being my guest on the podcast. It's been awesome to reminisce a little and talk through some of the things going on in Alcott's work. Oh, it
1: has been so fun, Rochelle. Thanks for having me. Of course, this was delightful. We'll definitely have to do it
0: again. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. We would love to hear your thoughts on the book as well, which you can share by email. If you want to send me a message at kittywham at gmail.com, or you can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram or through my website, kittywamproductions.com. I would be delighted to hear what you think of the book, Little Women. Maybe you even have memories of reading it when you were young like we do. Just let us know. And if you enjoyed this episode, I hope you subscribe or even rate and review the podcast. Next week, episode three of Unknown Friends will bring us all the way to the 21st century with the 2013 book Navigating Early by Claire Vanderpool. So I hope you tune in next week for that discussion, and thank you so much for listening!